everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. Today, I am so honored to introduce our guest, Ashley Price. She is a hygienist from the Spodak Dental Group, and she worked there actually before I did as an assistant, went to hygiene school, returned and came and joined our hygiene team. I think it was 2016, right, Ashley? Yeah, 2016. So I've watched some incredible growth um, in her. I've learned a lot from her. Um, She is definitely the comedian of our hygiene team. So I'm really looking forward to whatever she has to share in this podcast, because I'm sure that it will be very informative, but it will definitely, definitely be entertaining. No pressure, Ashley, at all. Um, But really, she's an incredible human. I'm really thankful to have her here. And I'm going to let her kind of fill in the blanks on her professional um, history and add a little bit more to what I just said. Really thankful to have you here today, Ashley. Well, thank you for that introduction. You pretty much hit all the points. Um, so I started working in uh, at Spodak back in 2009. I was fresh out of high school at the time. There, There's my age right there. I was very young, 18 years old. It was like my first professional job um, outside of the ones that I did during you know my younger years. But I came along, um, I don't know, I'm sure most of the listeners or maybe um, anyone familiar with the other podcasts, Erica Pasillo, she's my oldest sister. Um, So I found Spodak through her. She started there just before I did and she brought me on and I worked there for uh, about a year or so before I went off and did a few other realms of dentistry, pediatrics for most of my career, about four years. And then I also did ortho. For a little while um, before becoming um, introduced into hygiene school. So I had the plan of being a hygienist um, pretty much since day one of being a dental assistant. Uh, I didn't love it. So I I switched gears and said, I want to be something um, a little different, have my own role. So once I graduated in 2016, I was so, so thankful for being able to be invited back onto the Skodak Dental Group team um, because of how amazing things were at those times and just how uh, amazing they are now. So Mm -hmm. I am so grateful for just the opportunities along the way. Brittany, I've known you ever since then, and it's just such an opportunity to be a part of a really great team and to be here with both of you guys today. So I'm super excited. I'm super excited to have you as well. And I just, I have to pipe in because though you work at Spodak with Brittany, I also feel like we are in the same family because when I first met Brittany, I met you as well. You two came together years ago mm-hmm. to kind of hang out and, and shadow and spend a day at Atlanta Dental Spa. So that was when I had first met you. And you've been such a big proponent of Bulletproof. Um, and actually, we have been trying to get Ashley on the show for a while. Um, but she is, and she's going to obviously tell us about what she's been doing, but she's been doing this really, really cool thing. And she kept saying, well, let me finish. Let me get to the point where I'm finished. And I really know what I'm talking about. So I'm super excited to have you here today. But if any of you have been to our summit, you have met Ashley because she is there cheering us on, serving, supporting, and you'll definitely be seeing more of her in the future as well. So Ashley, we know you are super passionate about hygiene and helping your patients achieve health. And you recently got more curious about diving in even deeper and sought some extra training. And I wanted you to share this because I think a lot of hygienists out there are listening for what could I do more? What could I do different? You know, sometimes we get a little stagnant in our career and we look for something else. And so I wanted you to be able to share your story and talk about what you have recently been doing. Yeah. So, um, a couple of years ago, we all went to AOSH. That was the really, really awesome one in Nashville, um, back in like 2019. Uh, we met up with you guys there 
And I've never been to um, a CE quite like that, which really gave us a lot of like the oral systemic links and talked about gut health. I, I think I looked a couple of times, I'm like, am I in the right room? What are we talking about like GI tract for? Like I was completely like, what? Um, that was the first time I actually um, listened to Dr. Uchi and I like had a huge crush on him. I think he knows that now. Um, so I'll just say it publicly. Um, where he was talking about the systems with this, the links between like the systemic um, GI tract and the mouth and the bacteria. And he was like getting everybody involved. And it was just so, um, it was just so empowering to be a part of like a movement. This is what it felt like. Uh, we go back to our hotel room and I say to Brittany, I'm like, um, my gosh, I, I need to know more about nutrition. I, I have to like learn more. I think we could do so much more with what we're doing already. You know, we're, we're brushing, we're flossing, we're scaling, we're doing all we can, but what else could we do from, you know, a, a nutrition standpoint? And we're like looking around, we're like, maybe we could do supplements. We're like literally having this brainstorming session, like right then and there in the hotel room, one of our other hygienists, Kirstie, she was there as well. And after that, um, we all know the famous pandemic swung through and kind of crushed our hopes and dreams in a lot of ways. And I put that education kind of like on hold. And um, I'm kind of glad I did because the way I found um, this journey that I just completed was kind of like um, by fluke, I guess. So I have a patient who is in uh, functional medicine. She is a PA and she focuses on functional medicine and women's health. She's one of, been one of my patients for a couple of years now. And I said, you know, I really like what you're doing. I hear about what you're doing and how could I learn more? Like, could I, could I learn nutrition? Could I learn some things from you or, or somebody? Do you have any recommendations? So she sent me a program called the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy or the FMCA and um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, two different um, realms. So here I am kind of like that researcher that like will read the first page and be like, boom, got it. And not read anything else in between the front, the back or the middle, sign me up. So I did, I chose Functional Medicine Coaching Academy because I just liked the name. I thought it sounded cool, um, <laughs> honestly. And um, I'm really, really proud of the decision that I made because I have learned so, so much more from what I thought was gonna be nutrition um, it's like a little piece of nutrition, but it really is about um, building rapport, uh, positive psychology, guiding um, your patients through stages of change, strength spotting, um, vision and goal setting, um, gratitude training. That was one of my biggest um, appreciations, actually. Breath work, meditation, like anything from head to toe, whole body uh, health and wellness is what I've discovered to learn a lot over the last year. And I just could not be more thankful for that falling into my lap. I wouldn't have guessed that that's where I would end up a year or two or three from where I first saw Dr. Uchi in, in that auditorium there. So it's been a journey and I'm so thankful for it. I love that you say that it's been a journey because I, I think that is the reality in life for all of us. And I feel like so many times we hear somebody's story and we kind of are in awe of that and like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. How did, how do you know all this? How did, how do you, how did you get here? And you didn't take that class overnight and know it all. It's a journey and it's a process. Um, and it just took that one spark of you going to AOSH and hearing that information and going, I got to do something with that. Uh -huh. um, and I think we as hygienists are all mostly really curious kind of people. And we really do want to do what's best for our patients and help them win. So, you know, it's, it's awesome that there are these opportunities out there where we can get more curious and grow and learn. Um, I know because I got to talk to you at our last summit a little bit about you were, you know, getting close to finishing this up. And I said, you know, so, so tell me all the things you know about nutrition. And you said, well, actually it wasn't as much like, yes, there was a lot of that in it, but it was a lot more than that. And you mm -hmm. kind of went on to talk about it. So I want you to share with me, like, what did you get out of it that you didn't necessarily anticipate going in? Yeah. So I will say the same. Yeah. It was nutrition store. Um, we learned about food plans. We learned about different types, um, you know, uh, for different conditions, what, what would be successful for those patients and why, but 
really as a health coach. Um, and lo and behold, I didn't even realize that that would be like the title that I would get. This sounds so silly, but like, I just was like, I'm committed. This is something different. I'm doing it. So I didn't even realize that when I'm done, I'm going to be titled a functional medicine, health and wellness coach. So I have like four or five, six more letters behind my name now. Cool. But didn't know. Um, but that all encompasses just the discovery process that I had. So yes, nutrition, it was part of it is part of my why for doing it. And now I have the skills in uh, gratitude um, was really big for me being nicer to myself, um, being my own advocate, talking to myself nicer. This, this seems like such an obvious thing, but really takes such a big place in a mental health. We learned about mental health um, positive psychology, focusing on what's great um, versus what's not great. Stages of change is a really big one that I think is relevant for our patients in the dental chair. Um, understanding where your where your patients are and where they want to go, goal setting, vision, um, and just being able to have a connection with a person and move them from one stage to the next and help them develop their own discovery. It's not about the hygiene role where we sit in the, in the seat of the expert. You know, we're the ones saying, okay, you have bleeding, you have bone loss, you have all these things, recessions, and this is what we're gonna do about it, right? As the health coach, the client comes with their own agenda and they come, come with their own reasons why they wanna be there. And it's a beautiful thing, like a dance. We used to refer to like a dance. It's a beautiful dance to see them develop and grow and light up and, and go through emotions along the way in their own discovery. And that's how change happens. So unlocking all the doors for someone by just being there and letting them do it on their own has been such a fulfilling thing. It's, it's almost like a gift. It's, it's, it's incredible to see. I, I'm such a different person now from what I've experienced over the last year. I want to add to that because I've watched the transformation, you know, take place over time. And I remember you originally started going for your bachelor's in dental hygiene, right? And then mm -hmm. as you went along kind of the first, what, semester or so in that, it just seems not to be a great fit, like in your family life and in regards to like your longer term goals. And you kind of like made the conscious decision to make a switch and say, oh, I don't, I don't know if this is the direction that I want to continue going. Like, I think I may want to branch off into a different like section or, or learn something out of the realm of hygiene. I'm um, yeah. out of the direct realm of hygiene. Right. So yeah. I remember one of your first huddles after, um, after you started this program was a breath work huddle. <laughs> and so incredible because you got up and it was something, it was a new skill that you were honing and you got up like, you know, like in the seat of expert on that topic and kind of led us all through a breathwork exercise. And it was so cool to watch you do that, you know, to step from hygienist into like this coach persona in front of our whole team. It was so great. And then watching your own personal health journey in regards to, I know you're going to bring up, you know, your, your physical health and you brought up your mental health, but like, I've seen a huge shift um, in you and, and in the self-talk you know, I know that you and I are very similar and that we have to be really intentional about our self-talk, you know, I can kind of disarm us or, or cause us to go in the right direction. We're very similar personality wise, like in regards to, uh, like culture index survey mm -hmm. yeah. you know, very similar people. So really, really cool to watch your talk about yourself change too, because it, it changed your whole ambiance and the way that you interact with your patients and, your colleagues. Like that's just been a really cool journey to watch. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a, a personal journey for sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell anybody looking for something like this to do that all of the time, all of the investment, all of the um, time away from my family, you know, this is a year long program once a week for two hours on zoom calls like this, but there's work in the meantime to do in the reading and the webinars and the listening that it's all worth it for me, even if I had not one more coaching opportunity again, just from the gift that I've received from myself personally mm -hmm. and understanding what I need to do to be capable of achieving my life 
lifestyle changes and goals has been well worth the time and the investment. And I just am looking forward so much to seeing how this can be incorporated into our hygiene care, because being a hygienist is something that I've geared towards for, for what it seems like forever. You know, I've been, I was in high school and I said, okay, I'm going to be a hygienist, you know, and and part of that was like, did I just decide and settle? And, and maybe I'm just doing something because I was told to do it. Like, what is it? You know, so now I'm feeling a little bit more whole because I can do a little bit more and utilize some of the strengths that I have in my day and day routine with my patients. And I think it'll be part of a, a really beautiful thing to see in the future as more and more of this catches on in the hygiene world. Mm-hmm. I want to say too that, you know, obviously you went for a functional medicine degree or certification. And part of that is obviously learning about getting healthy. And I think we as hygienists, we got to come from a place of leading by example. So, and I know just because I know you and I've watched, like Brittany said, the transformation, you have transformed your own health. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, About a year and a half ago, um, I actually become really sick. I had um, a very, very common virus, the norovirus. It's not like it's rare, it's everywhere. I have two kids and it's only supposed to be there for a couple of days. And for me, it lasted like five or six and it kept going on and I kept being sick and feeling sick. And I went to the doctor eventually and I said, I think that there's something wrong. Like everyone's overcome this and I'm still battling this. And she was the first one that was like, so tell me a little bit about what you're eating. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I shared some things that were obviously not great, but just things that I could like hold on to or, or think about eating. And it was then when I made the connections that what I'm eating is contributing to my problems and how I'm doing this to myself. I'm eating foods that are causing inflammation. I'm eating foods that are highly processed, full of fats, full of oils, full of dyes, um, pesticides, and it doesn't help a healing gut lining after being sick with the neurovirus for five or six days. And it was then when I said, I need to do something to take a hold of my own self and be my own advocate, because if it's not me, then who? And if I want to be better, who's it got to be me or, or who? And I just felt older than what I am. Um, I have two young kids. Um, my energy is very demanding for them. I, I drive an hour to and from work every day. I, I needed to have the upbeat, energetic personality that I could withstand at work at home and be who I am also at home. It was almost like I drained my batteries where in my workspace to show up and be present and be there. And by the time I got home, I was like, I don't have another ounce. And to me, that was not the way I wanted to live my life. I didn't want to be that kind of mom that was like, Oh, I can't, I have a headache or, or whatever. I I can't, I, you know, I just didn't want to be that way. So I took it upon myself to start making changes. And after I decided that, and I started this program, it was just validation, like everything that I do, that I eat, that I say, that I speak affects my health. It isn't all just about what we eat. It's about how we sleep. I know you guys talk a lot about sleep. It's about how we digest our food. It's about how we see our food, how we, how we, look over it before we eat, believe it or not. It's not about saying a huge prayer, but it's about starting the digestive uh, track process by just looking at what you're about to eat, which is very fascinating. It's a, it's a food psychology behind that. You start digesting, that's why you salivate. You, you see something, you're like, oh my God, my mouth's watering for this. Why? Because you're starting to digest these things. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is related to this. And it was just all these sparks going that I myself have lost about 30 pounds. And if anyone knows how tall I am, uh, 4'11", 30 pounds uh, shows up like kind of a lot on someone my height. And it's, uh, it's almost very alarming to see myself a year and a half ago to who I am now. It's, it's almost like a different person um, physically, um, but, but mentally as well. And through that, it's almost like what I've learned now, you can't really unsee it. 
And people ask me like, oh, you, you, you're on this health kick or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm on a health journey and I'm on a lifestyle change and I'm going to always continue to change and always change for the better. And that's where I'm at today. And I have to keep that past still very much about my present and move forward and use that as that motivation to say, listen, I don't want to be that way again. I don't want to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, that's awesome. What a, what a great testimony. And I want to say congratulations on this accomplishment. This is a big deal. And I'm really proud of you. I'm really excited for you. I've actually considered this program myself before. So I was like, I told you, I was like, I want to see what Ashley thinks of this because this sounds so cool. So congratulations, because I know it's been a lot and it's been a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny because when we talked at the summit, you, uh, you weren't quite done yet. And you said to me, you said, you know, there is a lot of nutrition and I'm learning a lot of great things there, but I'm, I'm really learning how to coach people and how to lead them and help them discover their own goals and talk through that. And you weren't quite sure yet. I could tell about how you were going to meld that into the hygiene chair. You're like, do I do this in hygiene or do I quit hygiene to be a light, like coach? What am I going to do? And it was so funny because you were sitting there talking and my, my wheels were turning. And I was like, I feel like I had that 10,000 foot view for you. I'm like, oh no, I think with where hygiene is going and understanding the oral systemic connection, this is exactly where we as hygienists need to go so that we can empower our patients and help them really understand how the choices they're making lifestyle wise are impacting what's happening in their mouth and body and, and really choose to help themselves. And I'm hoping that obviously that this is the shift we're making in our hygiene world, that it's not just so much about polishing and scaling and that sort of thing, but it really is looking at root cause because we know that there's some really big things that impact what we're doing with our patients. You know, we've got this ob- obesity epidemic and really poor nutrition and diabetes is off the charts. There's all, you know, all kinds of airway issues and gut dysbiosis. And these are really heavy things that we obviously as hygienists can't do a whole lot about for our patient in the chair, but we can start these conversations and we have to realize the the heavy weight of responsibility we do have in, in addressing our patient's health and helping educate them. We are on the front row of their lives. They come see us more than they see anybody else. So we've got to learn how to be able to have these conversations. And we know it can be really uncomfortable to talk to patients about high blood pressure, let alone really big things like their weight and, you know, their, their A1C and those things that like get, start getting uncomfortable, you know, and most of us too are confined to a one hour time parameter for care. So, you know, we're, we're in the trenches of like, I can't even think about that right now. I got to do this, 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 this. So I think there's going to be a shift hopefully coming for all of us as we figure out how to navigate this. But I think that your this recent recent training and education, this is exactly where it comes into play. So let me ask you, based on what you have learned, um, where do we start these conversations? So this is like the question of the year. And I'm so glad you asked because it is a tough space to have because how many of our patients come in and they say, I'm just here for my cleaning. Like, why are you asking me about what's changed in my health history? Right. And it's, it gets to be frustrating because then you're starting like your brain and like, how can I tell this patient nicely that everything about your health history depends on your oral health and vice versa. So how do we start that conversation? And what I have learned a lot about a, uh, a motivational interviewing process, and this is like our process and our baseline of if we were maybe not in front of a patient, let's just say we're in a coaching session for a moment with someone. And the motivational interviewing process is is something along the lines, we called it for short oars and ears. So open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, and summaries. So what that means is that asking the right questions for your patients, what are you here for today? What's the most important for you? What would you like to receive today as a value? What would you like to see as, uh, what would you view as today as as success? Um, What would you like to be able to to share with somebody after leaving today? Just some bigger questions to open up. Well, wow, this isn't just about my mouth, is it? And 
by allowing them to have that space and opening that window for them that, hey, this is more comprehensive. This is more complex than you think. And I'm here for you. So I want to know what you as the person coming to me for guidance or for recommendations would like to receive from our, our time. Sure, we need to have our teeth clean, that's the basic, but what are we gonna do to determine what we do between today and the next time we meet, where the real healing actually starts and ends? And by doing that with the, with the person, I, I keep wanting to say client, but we're talking about patients as clients, as people coming to us, open-ended questions, starting with that, not just the yes or no's. If you go to yes or no, the conversation ends right there. What they say to you, whether you like it or not, back in response, the affirmation comes in. Validate that person. I hear what you're saying. Oh, wow, show empathy. That must have been tough for you if they give you or if they share a compromising situation or I was away and I couldn't do this or this with my home care if they're sharing something personal. Reflect back too. And this is all part of rapport building. So we have to establish rapport with our patients, step one. Because without rapport, there's no hearing what you have to say. There's no connection. There's no validation in your word without that rapport. So what this builds is a, is a solid foundation for you and your patient that they understand you're here for their well-being. You're not being nosy. You're not prying. You're not trying to you know, dig in their life. You're genuinely trying to understand their circumstances and, and to meet them where they're at. So reflect their story back. And that, that means, hey, I heard you. I, I hear what you're saying. You told me this, this, and this. And summarize it for them. So those are oars and ears. That's what we called it there. Open-ended questions, affirmations, reflecting back the story, and then summarizing at the end. And that's part of the motivational interviewing process. It helps you with discovering what that person is there for, what it means to them to have a healthy mouth. Let's use that as an example. Um, what, what would they need to do to get that way and sets that tone for I'm here for you and making that connection. That would be like the step one, motivational interviewing and rapport building. Once we have rapport building, this could go on for a little bit, but once we have that rapport, it's like almost like we've opened up the gate. And now it's a safe space to talk about anything. And you know, sometimes our patients will, regardless of we want it to be that way or not, I'm probably more so to blame. Anybody who walks past my room, we're talking about a lot of things. Um, and how do we get it down into one hour's time? So this is, I think, the, the money question for all of us. And this is where I think coaching may come in. So we have to be able to be transparent. And we have to be able to be, um, be able to adapt to the situation. So we have to wear our hygiene hat. We have to give our patients the diagnosis. We have to be the expert at some point. We have to say, this is what you're presenting with today. And these are my solutions. And this is how we treat. But where the coach approach comes in is how we implement healing. So we're there for treatment as the hygienist. But the patient is the biggest piece in their healing. So it's not up to me to make sure they brush and floss every day. It's not up to me to make sure they're wearing period protect. It's not up to me to make sure they're choosing quality foods. It's up to them. So without setting that rapport and that baseline and understanding their whys and their values and, and their strengths, we can't have the quality conversations that we need to evoke a lifestyle change. So it starts with that step one. After that, we can ask or offer, and this is what I would hope to see in the future, someone like me coming in this as, as like a new role would say, listen, we need to step one, do treatment, scaling, root planning, arresting, irrigation, whatever the physical hygiene treatment plan is, but we really need to focus on our lifestyle change. How committed are you to this change or this process? Would you like to, or would you be open to coaching? And we meet with that person along the way. Maybe it's every three months for hygiene and one and a half months in between for coaching, for check-ins and for, or for establishing where they're at and what they wanna be and where they wanna go. 
but I can see the hygienists in the future providing treatment and really changing the ways of healing through support and really understanding where that client needs to go for them to achieve healing and which is what we're, we're hoping for for them. So we have to be able to put on multiple hats at this point, but in the one hour visit, we need to get to our, our basics with our diagnosing and our conversations about treatment, providing treatment, and then meeting them outside of the treatment room for coaching. And I think this is going to hold a really nice space for our clients to be successful in their, in their therapies. Yeah. I think I'm seeing right now a really great space for this as well as we've, I've really been active with doing a lot of salivary diagnostics lately. And I'm doing a lot of, you know, initial testing to help fabricate, you know, create our treatment plan and and do the best pointed treatment, depending on what's showing up. But then I've been post-testing and I'm seeing a lot of patients that are not responding well to treatment. And at first I was like, you know, hitting my head against the wall thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong here? Like, am I an awful hygienist? Like what's happening? But I think what I'm realizing, what I'm come to, coming to realize is how much we cannot control as hygienists outside of our chairs. You know, we think we do our therapy and we send them home with, you know, their products and their, all their instructions, but we're not controlling their sleep habits or their stress levels or their nutrition or their already existing systemic illness and disease. Like, airway issues and, and, you know, how many patients I have that take seven different medications. I mean, there's just so much that I can't control. And so at first I was very, I felt a lot of tension, like, oh my gosh, I've asked my patient to do X, Y, and Z and they did it. And now the results still aren't great. But what I'm coming to realize is this is all integrated. It is one entire being and we can only do so much. And I think these are the opportunities. The salivary testing is a great opportunity to say, look, we did what we know to do here. You should have responded and you didn't. So we got to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can come at it from that way, then that, then the patient kind of starts asking questions like, well, wait, what else could this be? And that's a great time for us to say, well, let's talk about, you know, what, what is this? Let's talk about your nutrition and your sleep. And, you know, when was the last time you had your physical and let's get your doctor involved here. I'd like for you to do a sleep study or some testing or whatever that looks like. But I think we get scared sometimes to say, you know, oh, maybe there's something more you need to do that's bigger outside of us. Mm-hmm. But I think we've got to do that if we're really going to treat a patient holistically and, you know, comprehensively. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So what we're, what we're envisioning, I think here is changing the dynamic or the structure of dental hygiene. It's clinical practice and coaching along the way. So perfect segue for you. You have all this information right here. You see what they have. You see what's there. There's no denying they have bacteria. They have all the symptoms, but as the hygienist, we're really treating symptoms. And this is the way modern medicine is nowadays. Unless you are your own advocate and you get curious and you decide for yourself, I want to know what's causing these symptoms. Unfortunately, Once we see bleeding and inflammation, something's established there already, but what is that? And how are we gonna implement therapies to healing? Because ultimately we can't establish healing or promote healing if we don't know what it is. And we can brush, we can floss, we can do whatever we wanna do, and it's not going to create that change. And so much more comes about change or, or health when you, when you make simple, simple steps. But what I'd like to say as the coach, and if we're sitting in the coach's chair is that you have to really be with your patient along the way. And you have to really understand where they are at in their stage of change, because there's five stages of change. And I'll go over them real quickly. There's pre-contemplation, contemplation. There is, um, a step where you're in like a preparation and then when you take action and then maintenance. So as a hygienist, when we're making recommendations and I'm saying, I'm seeing, you know, bleeding and, you know, puffy gums, I'm like, well, I need you to start flossing and I need you to do it once a day and you need to do it at nighttime. And when I do it, it works best for me in the morning. And and I'm giving them everything about me that works or I'm recommending. What we know about recommending things when it's not your idea, 
and it's not true to your values, you're not going to do it. No matter how great it sounded when I said it and I spoke to you, it just doesn't happen. We leave the chair, we're fired up, we have intentions, and then life goes on its merry way. There's no change. There's no implementation for something as simple as brushing and flossing for just the, just the basic example from what we all know here. So we have to be able to identify what stage of change that patient is. And I'll give a quick example. We've all had this, the patient, the, you know, the young guy who comes in and he's annoyed and he's like, oh, I'm here today because my wife made the appointment and I'm here and I just want my teeth cleaned. And our response is, is like, okay, after we've done our assessment, we see all the factors, bleeding, bone loss, inflammation, and how do we engage this patient? So this is where we have to move the patient from pre-contemplation, which is, I don't realize I'm a part of the problem and I don't realize I have a problem. Somebody who doesn't know what is going on, they're just there because they were told to be there. How do we move them from that stage and forward? So we ask them or we tell them and we motivate them. Wow, you know, Mr. Jones, your wife made this appointment for you. That is so amazing. It seems like she really cares a lot about your health. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I guess she's, you know, she wants what's best for me. Well, why do you think it was so important for her to be sure you came today? Oh, she says that my teeth are yellow and my breath kind of smells and I'm sleeping when I'm snoring and my mouth's wide open and I'm, my mouth's constantly dry. Reflect back at this point. Oh, wow. It seems like that, you know, that dry mouth or bleeding gums or the, or the yellow teeth, that, that really bothers her. Does, does that bother you? Lead the, the client to the why you're there, the feeling behind it, the emotion that somebody is wanting what's best for them because they may not see it until you reflect it back. This is where the oars and the ears come in, the open-ended questions, the affirmations, the reflections and the summaries of what they're saying. It's just validating their own words. Now he's in contemplation. Wow, I guess I can see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, my gums do bleed when I, when I brush and I'm not really flossing and, and yeah, I'm snoring and it, and it really bothers her. That's contemplation. That's the next step. That's a win. We can't move on with a plan until we're past these stages, you see? So if we're going from step one, patient has no care in the world while they're there, wife made the appointment, and now we're jumping into, we need to make some lifestyle changes, you need a brush, you need a floss, you need a water pick, whatever, patient isn't going to hear it. And we're using that simple dental recommendations, but if we wanted to be in, in the coach's seat and we wanted to make a lifestyle changes, like better eating habits. It's, it's the same. You can use these processes in any situation. This is why it's so remarkable because it's not confined to your dental hygiene. It's not confined to exercise. You can use this and apply it anywhere, but you can't, you can't go, you can't skip the steps. It just doesn't work. Now, if the patient comes in and they're in that contemplation stage already. I know I have a problem. My gums are bleeding. What can I do? Great. That's the best case. Awesome. Because then you can move forward into preparation. And that's when you're collecting your tools, you're collecting your information, you're getting your water pick, you're getting your salivary test, you're getting your scaling root cleaning done, you're prepping yourself to take action. And when you're in action, you're actually carrying out the change. And you're carrying out the change, you're seeing results, you're getting that instant gratification and you're seeing, hey, something's happening here, and then you go into maintenance, which is the end of the stage. So understanding, I think if we took anything away today is that we have to know the person who we're sitting in front of, and we have to understand where they are in, in their journey. Are they understanding of their problems? Are they willing to receive information? And asking them how their values and their goals align with what we're presenting to them in that moment. How are you feeling about this? I know I've given a diagnosis to someone and they're, they cry and I hold the space for them and I show empathy. And I said, I, you know, I see that you're really upset. Can you, can you share with me what you're feeling and, and let them be a person for a minute because that rapport, that, that building of that foundation is going to show that true caring because sometimes all it takes for somebody is just somebody to feel heard. And wow, Ashley just met me at the new patient appointment and she's going through all this. 
gosh, why? It has to be important. So it's important to know. You have to know where your clients are, where your patients are in order to move forward in their process. And that's where change happens is when you connect with them and where they're at and help them move forward. And that's what the, the coaching process is about. So once we have a patient who knows that we care and does feel connected and we've made that connection, then what is our next move as far as starting to kind of create a game plan with them? Mm-hmm. So this is where it gets fun. So there's a lot of techniques um, you can go through with, and, and it just depends person to person. So you can do pros and cons lists. What would happen if you stayed the same? What would happen if we did everything we talked about? And let them work that out. Well, if I didn't do anything, my gums are still going to bleed. My breath's still going to smell. I'm still going to sleep with my mouth open. I'm still going to snore. My wife's still going to hate me. Nothing's accomplished. Let them say that because that to them almost sounds like kind of like stupid. I know for me, I did this process over the last year. um, And I'm like, oh, I just really said that. So hearing that back is so powerful. Hearing yourself back and saying stuff out loud is like, is, is a game changer. And then now you have me in your face, like, okay, so it seems like you want to do something about your smelly breath and your yellow teeth, you know? So it's like, you have to be able to have these appropriate conversations and guide them in what makes sense to them. So pros and cons list is big. Um, you can do brainstorming session. So you give a little, they give a little back. So it seems like we're on the same page about getting our flossing. And I keep referring to flossing. I know flossing isn't all that anymore. Okay. But I'm using this as just a quick example because we do this. We try to get our patients to floss better all the time. So if we're using that as just our fluff example, so now you're going to floss. Okay. So how do you feel about starting to floss? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So when do you think it's an appropriate time to floss? When do you think you're going to do it? Okay. At nighttime. Well, how many times a week would you like to start? We give them these astronomical, you need to floss every day, twice a day for seven days a week. I don't even do that. Okay. So what are we going to be doing? Let's give somebody a realistic goal because if they don't achieve it immediately, human person wants immediate reaction, they will not do it. They'll see it as a fail and they'll be discouraged and they're done. And it really takes one time. So brainstorming, what works for them? That's a good uh, way to, to get to know them. I really love a SMART goal worksheet. It is a super easy, readable worksheet. It has boxes on there if we're visual with people. Um, Some people don't like papers, but um, it's something that you can mark mark down your goal. You write down how you're going to measure it. You mark down um, how you're going to, is it achievable? Is it realistic? And then you put a time. So a SMART goal worksheet is really cool. It can be dissected into one goal, or you can have a list of goals in one. So the SMART goal worksheet is something cool. I can always share that over to you, but there's ways to get people to move from their space and they're getting them on on board. Starting small, I read a book in in my coursework of Tiny Habits. (laughs) If anybody's read that book um, by BJ Fogg, it's actually kind of witty, it's funny, but it's things that we can read a page and do. And there's formulas for, for change and how we react to stimulus and how we can use prompts to remember. So I've used with some of my patients, the example of why do you think you don't floss? Well, I just don't remember. Okay, you don't remember to floss and that's why you don't do it. That's a reflection and they say, yeah. Okay, so why is it that you think you can't remember? Well, I've got blah, 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 blah. Could you share with me some, some things that you think you could do to help you remember? Well, I could write a sticky note. Well, I could write a, um, you know, something on my phone, an alarm on my phone, boom. Okay, so what does that note need to say for you to remember? Okay, it's gonna say floss. All right, well, what time? All right, eight o'clock, okay. Do you know how to do that on your phone? It doesn't have to be sarcastic, but it could just be that simple. What is going to work? Some people write on the mirror with lipstick or whatever, you know, we do these, but those are prompts and prompts lead to action. And sometimes we need that. Yeah, I love the concept and I think you're absolutely right. I think anytime change happens, it's incremental 
for the most part, right? Uh -huh. the, the kind of change that really is lasting, I feel like uh -huh. is incremental. So I want to speak to, you know, in my hygiene brain, I think about, like, I let me give the example. I saw a patient today that I, he was a new patient to me. Um, and it had been about a year since he'd been to the practice and he had had kind of a progression in his periodontal condition. He was in, he's an active infection. I just said, Hey, you know, let me just ask you some questions. And I started asking him about, cause I noticed as he was sitting in the chair that his mouth was open the whole time. And I said, do you have a difficulty breathing through your nose? And so we started this whole conversation and we basically kind of identified, he was super honest. He's like, yeah, I can't, I can't breathe through my nose. I'm a mouth breather. I snore really bad at night. I'm really tired every day. Um, I said, tell me a little bit about, you know, his, his sleep quality is awful. Um, he's in a lot of going through a lot of stress right now. He's doing a job change. And I asked, you know, tell me a little bit about nutrition. And he goes, Oh, I eat awful. Like, so, you know, there's like this whole, like, and in my head, I'm like, this is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I could, you know, just overwhelm him with information. And instead I said, you know what, let's, let's focus on the two most important things here. Let's do a salivary test. So we kind of see what we're up against here. And then I want you to do some research on scheduling a sleep study. Let's just start there. And then we can talk about the rest down the road. But those are the two most impactful things because I would love for you to feel better, you know, as you're getting ready to start this new job. And, um, you know, I didn't do probably as great of a job as you do, Ashley. And, I, and I'm taking a lot away from this to be able to, you know, ask him, hey, how would it be for you to feel refreshed, especially starting this new job? Like I can see like, how to kind of turn these into questions that get them thinking and them committed to the process. And I think uh -huh. that baby steps is beautiful. And I think as hygienists, we're going to have to be intentional, even in our notes. I'm thinking like for this guy, like in my notes, I put all these things I was thinking so that at next visit, we can touch on a different thing. And next, you know, we can slowly kind of peel that onion. Uh -huh. And the more we do that, and I think the more our patients start feeling different and seeing the impact and feeling better, I think then they get more and more open to, okay, well, what, what's next? What can we do next? You know, this is working well. Yeah. And I, and I love what you're doing there because you're actually using some really, really great coaching skills. And, um, so oftentimes we want to see, see a result. We want to feel it right away. We want to have it right away. And if it's not working tomorrow, it's not enough and I'm not great and I'm not going to do it. Right. So what's a really cool tool is, um, it's actually a form of meditation. It's called guided imagery. And it's basically asking your patient to close their eyes or not, whatever. It's awkward if they don't, um, <laughs> honestly, preferably close your eyes, please. Yes, close them. Um, but close their eyes and ask them, let's just say, let's just say Brittany, okay? Brittany, close your eyes. And if you don't do this, it's fine. <laughs> She's closing her eyes. And now I'm going to ask you, Brittany, if you could see yourself one year from today and you're looking in the mirror and you have your vision and your reflection in the mirror of your ideal self, please describe to me in any way you'd like to, words, smell, feeling, emotion, what does that look like? Who does Brittany become by making these changes? And you insert changes here, obviously. <laughs> so in your patient's example, what would Brittany look like with better sleep? Who does Brittany become when her gums and her gut health are better? How does it feel when Brittany's 10 pounds later? And get specific. Give, let them give you however many words they want. Because when you have that in your head, that's a vision. You saw yourself that way. And right then you created hope. I read a really great book called Transforming Trauma, and it talks a lot about hope and your way of keeping hope throughout your process of healing. Um, and hope gets us through and it saves us. But a guided imagery is a powerful thing because they see their self and they see what's possible because they see it in their mind. And our mind is more powerful than we think. We can make our minds up about everything we do, but so much of our uncontrollable, I'm saying this in quotes, mind is, is, I can't do that because, and we're getting in our own way. So when you have that guided imagery and that visualization, 
you see what's real and it becomes real. And now you have your vision. Now you have your endpoint. I'd like to see that. You've reflected it out loud. You've put it in the universe. And now, once we have that goal, we start from chapter 10 and we make our way back to chapter one and how we're going to get there. A lot of really great books are written from the end and they have this fantastic ending and how are we going to make it great to get there? And that's what the process of coaching will do for you with guided imagery. Nice. So tell me, based on your experience in hygiene and this recent curriculum, where do you see hygiene going in the future as a profession and how can we as hygienists be prepared? So I would love, 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 love to see us all being able to utilize these communication skills with our patients because it just creates such a better bond. We know that we're up against much, much more than clinical hygiene. We are only taught clinical hygiene in school, how to hold our instruments, how to do our assessments, but where are we really learning how to handle what we're up against? So I love what you guys have been doing, um, what you've been sharing, all the information, everybody that's come on to collaborate their unique skills. I, I love the salivary testing. pH testing is, is something we heard about, the nitric oxide testing. We're running all these tests because we have to. And I hope that I could be this way. I know that I have a long way to go and my journey's very much, very much away from even starting because I'm the type of person that likes to feel like I have all the eggs in my basket before I start doing anything with it, but we can't live and not fix mindset. We have to live in like, hey, we're going to be inventive. We're going to create something. We're going to try something new and we're going to step beyond what we're used to. We're going to be in our own paradigm. We're going to be in our own realm of health. And with that, I feel like it needs to model where we are every day in our medical experiences. We go to every new patient appointment at the doctor and they say, we need to have you in a week prior to your new patient appointment for blood work and diagnostics. And what do we do? We get our blood drawn, we pee in a cup, we do whatever else. And why? Because how is the doctor going to understand what's going on with me just by physically looking at me? Yes, we have symptoms in the obvious, flushed skin, flaky skin, overweight. Yeah, sure. But what is causing all those things? Dig a little deeper. And I could hope that in the future, we're utilizing our diagnostics through our salivary testing and all those other really um, comprehensive ways of assessing patients and tailoring our treatment plans based on our systemic factors and how we can heal our bodies from within and not treating at the sign of symptom and treating at the sign of the cause or become somewhere in a functional practice where we're not just waiting for something to get worse before we're addressing it and having that open conversation with the patients who essentially are healthy. Yes, today you look this way, but we still need to be sure we're checking. Doesn't have to be the patient that comes in with all sorts of problems that we're, we're doing this for. Just setting a baseline of this is where we start. Diagnostics, physical treatment necessarily, and helping and coaching patients along the way in their success and healing. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, it's funny as you were talking and I was thinking this through, you know, hygienist in school, we're taught that we, we practice prevention, but the reality is we are, we are not preventative at this point. We are very reactive because so much of the population is sick. I found myself, my first patient this morning has just meticulous home care. Her mouth is gorgeous. And I thank, I said, thank you. Thank you so much for taking care of your mouth. Like you do, because I don't get to see this very often. And this is amazing. You're, you know, I need you to teach some classes for me. Um, but that, I think that is, as you were talking and I was thinking like, what, what would I, what do I want to see in the future? I would love for us to actually practice true prevention. You know, we talked about brushing and flossing many, many times. That is a preventative step. If we have patients that are already, you know, showing symptoms of disease, brushing and flossing aren't going to get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I would love to be the hygienist that gets to be preventative and say, Hey, you need to brush and floss. 
And, and that's all we yeah. have to talk about. <laughs> Bye. <See you. laughs> Unfortunately, I think we have too many lifestyle factors that have uh, stacked up that we've, we've got a lot of work to do, but I want to wrap up with one final question. What advice would you give to the hygienist that's listening today that feels stuck in a rut and they're either looking for more to do something different or, you know, out of the comfort zone or bored with the monotony or just burned out? Yeah, I think that we all could say fairly that we we signed up for um, a job that we didn't really understand in the beginning in the sense of just to your point, how do we treat patients with symptoms um, versus a preventative standpoint. And I think that we can all very easily fall into a phase of my hands are tied behind my back and I've done all that I can do and, and I'm exhausted and I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to go through my normal routine because that's where I'm comfortable and that's what I know. But if we can be in a growth mindset enough to understand that we can make such a bigger impact than what we think. And our interactions with our patients could be so much more meaningful and valuable if we can make those systemic connections and help them just understand, even if you gave them information, even if you ask them what's most important to them, you gave them 20 different things and they seem overwhelmed and you ask them where they would like to start. That's a great way to provide more value for yourself. It, it helps with a little bit more of fulfillment. Um, I think a lot of us are at this point after receiving so much information on what we're doing is not, not doing, speaking for myself personally. I think that if we can just stay true to ourselves and the why we wanted to do this in the first place, we just have to be creative in the ways we're doing it. And have this mentality that if we're, if we're not learning or if we're not growing, we're choosing that because the information is there and we have to be innovators and we have to step outside what's comfortable and cause some ripples in the, in the water a little bit to get our point across that we are hygienists and we want what's best for you and we play a huge role and keep that why in your head to keep you going is something that I have to tell myself all the time. Um, and am I utilizing my, my skills? Am I utilizing my strengths? For a while, I would try to work myself up to somebody else's strengths because I felt that that's where I needed to be or what I needed to do instead of understanding that my own strengths is where I need to highlight the most. And that keeps yourself humbled and that keeps yourself unique and valuable to your team and to yourself and even in your personal life, it keeps you going. So if we could all keep our mind in a positive space and be grateful for the opportunities that each interaction we have with a patient could really make the difference, even if we didn't think it did, we'd be just well on our way with that. I love that. I love that point that you made. And I think it's so true that we are all unique individuals. Um, Brittany and I joke all the time that we share a very similar brain. And honestly, I think most hygienists do. I think we are very, we tend to be, a lot of us are kind of a type, want to get all the details, make sure we did it all right. We want to connect with people. Um, but we are each very individual and unique too. And if you are not able to step into your full role of who you are and be yourself, um, then people are missing out on that opportunity. So yeah, I feel like there is so much new and uh, amazing information and research coming out that if you're finding yourself bored or stuck, you just, you got to look around a little bit because there's a lot coming that we can get excited about and, and can challenge us. So I want to say thank you so much for your dedication um, to your patients, to your practice, to your team and to yourself. Um, for growing and challenging yourself and stepping out of your comfort zone. And, you know, you have always been this very bright, um, cheerful person, but I feel like it's just magnified as you've learned and grown and expanded. So thank you for shining your light on us today. Um, Brittany, you. did you have any other thoughts or questions or anything for you, Ashley, any, anything else that we didn't hit? Um, nothing from me. I feel like you answered every question very thoroughly. And a lot of things that I've 
heard you talk about and some things that I haven't heard you say before. So it was very informative and enlightening for me too. So really thankful to have you here, Ashley. This wasn't as comedic as I anticipated. <laughs> you said no pressure and I got but I'm still not, I'm definitely not disappointed. <laughs> not at all disappointed. Just not what I was expecting. Um very, very good though. Really glad to have you here. Um, and thank you for your time, um, taking time for us in the evening and taking time away from your family to be here and kind of help our profession to continue to grow in the right direction. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I just love what you're doing and I love hearing you guys. And just as much as I have, you know, you say you see uh, a light in me, I very much have been sparked that light, um, from you guys. And I've seen you be the leaders in the industry and, and paving a pathway for us all to look ahead to a future of dental hygiene and how it could evolve and be something much bigger than we thought. So thank you both as well. Looking forward to talking to you both again and see you tomorrow, Brittany. <laughs> all right. Yes, I'll see you at work. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm sure this is not the last you will be hearing from Ashley with us, but um, everyone have a great week and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.